salutations, everybody. This is John Kyle Law coming to you today with episode 9 of the Dark Matter Myth Podcast. We're going to call this one right here, Too Close to God. Thanks for tuning in. You know, a couple of days ago, they finally dropped uh, a couple of photos from the James Webb Telescope. And, you know, this particular telescope was 30 years in the making. Dropped the pictures. Um, what they discovered was that there were thousands upon thousands of galaxies in uh, a small area, um, measurable to a grain of sand at your fingertips, at arm's length, up in the sky. But then, that one grain of sand uh, worth of distance. You know, the, the pictures were immaculate, vast, and outreaching. And, you know, all that information is in such a small amount of space. And it makes you think um, how insignificant we all can be. So, you know, I'm dealing with that thought, and I'm driving around. And, you know, it's summertime, and I'm driving... I decide to look at the sun. (laughs) Decide to look at the sun while I'm driving. And, you know, I'm I'm getting a good glance at it. And then you realize you can't even look at the sun. There's one little star not too far from here. And the information that's being um, processed, which is being exuded by the sun. Um, your eyes can't handle a couple of seconds of that or else they're going to fucking explode. So I'm looking at the sun and, you know, spots start turning black and things start to pixelate and I'm just like, damn, man. Imagine, imagine me trying to look into the face of God. I can't even look at this star over there. You know, the, um, the overall vastness of um, the presence of God is so much that um, we can't even handle it. We wouldn't be able to handle it, you know, in these um, finite bodies that we have. So, um, You know, it made me think back to um, just simple human understanding. And with humans, you know, with our people, the instant we can't stand something, we can't understand something, um, we attack it. We uh, go to war over it because it brings us fear. And uh, we feel fear due to our overall lack of intelligence and perspective, which is fine. Um, and it brings me to uh, just a couple of groups, a couple of people I see out here you know, with, the, with the new level of understanding that are uh, systematically being attacked, you know? And even at points I was one through, for lack of a better word, attack, especially uh, in my younger days. So let's talk about it.
I remember growing up, and you would hear words like um, transvestite. What the fuck is a transvestite? Or a transvestite is a dude that dresses like a girl, right? Why a dude that dresses like a girl? What the fuck, where, where they do that at? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess nowadays the terminology has changed, and, uh, you know, makeup has progressed, and hormones and stuff like that have progressed as far as the science goes with that. And uh, the, uh, the men of my day who were, you know, scruffy-faced with the five o'clock shadow in a dress are really no longer today. And you have to wonder why. So, you know, I've came to a couple of uh, conclusions on why um, humanity would take this turn. Initially, we all think it's um, mental illness, right? Oh, mental illness, man, these motherfuckers are mentally ill. And when people are mentally ill like that, um, or rather perceived to be mentally ill like that, um, you know, they get attacked. And it's easy to subjugate these people. It's easy to um, denigrate these people. And it's easy to put a target on their back. What the hard part is, is understanding perspective. And even me, myself, I really don't understand this shit too much, but I have a broad, um, a broad picture I'm looking at. And I think uh, it begins with looking at um, God in the Bible and how God is presented. You know, man's finite understanding uh, in the Bible has led us through generations to um, spew the information that God is a man. He, my father, right? Um, I think the idea of a man with a dick and balls uh, in the clouds kind of uh, overwatching everything is a bit outdated and really is uh, self-destructive um, towards uh, any group of people who try to um, preach in this uh, manner because what it really does is uh, push a patriarchy puts women uh, behind and makes men the forefront, right? But we all know men can't give birth. So fundamentally, you know, looking at um, the idea of God, uh, man has assigned his own biases towards the idea of um, the deity, right? But in reality, taking a step back, you know, if there's a God out there, there's no way that this God is a man or a woman. It has to surpass our ideas on um, sex and genre. It has to be greater than that because we are the byproducts of it, correct? So whatever that God is, it has to be a 
step above, at least a step above, our binary genetic assignments, right? So what does that mean? That means that God is both man and woman, but God is also greater than the idea of man and woman, right? If God is man and woman, right? When we look at someone who is um, a bit more androgynous in their appearance and seem to shift over the um, traditional uh, gender roles with their look, how they dress, should we be um, offended? Should we feel attacked? Should we be uncomfortable by that person in our present space or should we be inspired knowing that that person is a step closer to the full manifestation of God traditionally what happens is we feel attacked Oh, get this motherfucker out of my space. Can you believe this motherfucker? Look at this motherfucker over here. Right? We feel attacked. We make fun of the motherfucker. Especially, you know, if they're breaking norms. But on a grand scheme of things, right? Shouldn't we take a step back and look a little bit closer? You know, I'm just asking these questions. Because I feel like God is everywhere, and God lives through all things, and, and, and God's purpose is to ensure that we all experience and live the most fulfilling lives we all can live. You know, taking that story, or taking that angle of approach, look at the story of uh, Jesus, right? And what happened to Jesus? Looking at the overall picture, it appears that Jesus was on to something, right? Jesus was like trying to push a revolution in thinking. But the problem is there's an empire and the empire at the time was the Roman Empire. Looking at today now, um, I guess the empire that is in charge of uh, the world would be the United States. But back then it was the Roman Empire. And Jesus is pushing um, really radical ideas. You know, get rid of the money man. Uh, do unto others as they would do unto you. Right? These ideas are radical for the time. And, you know, he has a couple of disciples, but he's shaking shit up so much that the government moves in to kill him, right? So he gets executed by the government. Years, years down the line, hundreds of years down the line, the philosophy he was pushing eventually becomes um, 
deep-rooted in society and a vast majority of people um, undertake this philosophy and live their lives by it, right? So what does that tell you? Once you get too close to God, they try to kill you. They can't kill you. Um, they try to take you down a couple of notches. This train of thought I just uh, mentioned has been around since Greek mythology. If you look at stories like Icarus. Icarus was trying to escape from a prison, right? You know, he had these wings he made, and once he flew too high with these wings he made, he got close to the sun. And once he got close to the sun, it burnt his wings off, and crashed into some water and drowned, right? And what this does, or what antidotes like this uh, is meant to teach us is that uh, long-term growth which can be sustained even on an infinite level even on a level without boundaries right can't be achieved if the system is not one that is meant to expand it's not one that is meant to sustain growth what can we do to uh, ensure that society or the system we're living under or the environments we live in are able to become a tad more um, extensive within the enclosure. You know, one thing we can do is push against those walls as they contract, you know? Once uh, things get a little too tight on the outside, perhaps we should be pushing back uh, with all our might. Whenever we see something wrong, whenever you know, um, for lack of a better word, evil is encroaching on us. Perhaps we gotta meet it. And we gotta meet it with uh, intelligence and we have to meet it with um, impatience, right? And sometimes when, you know, it's not really the walls that are enclosing in or we can't push back on those walls, sometimes it's best to dig deeper and create a, another dimension and digging deep is something that requires bravery and also requires a, um, a willingness to um, go without water for a little bit and even a willingness to die in a ditch. But all of these things are for the greater good. And in lieu of the greater good, um, I think sacrifice is what um, people like Jesus were trying to teach in his philosophy. So um, on behalf of people um, presenting themselves unknowingly in the image of God, one of the many images of God, perhaps we should all sacrifice a little bit. 
So uh, recently I, I, I published the uh, second book, Trapped, and it's, it's got really good reviews, man. There's, there's been a couple of people who told me they sat down with their children and they read it, and I thought that was beautiful. And it was something I didn't suspect that would happen. And um, it's one of those books where, it's one of those publications where going to walk away just a little bit better, you know, you're going to walk away just a little bit better after, after reading it, man, so, um, I want to thank everybody who, who uh, purchased the copy, and, you know, I, I'm going to keep it on, but, um, one of my goals in, in doing this is I'm trying to get an honorary doctorate, man. like, I want an honorary doctorate from a university somewhere for, for this work I'm doing. One of the many types of works I'm going to be doing over the next couple years. And if I could get that honorary doctorate, man, on some uh, Dr. Bill Cosby shit without the, um, without drugging a bitch, you know, I'm, I'm all for it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a lot of this work I'm doing, it seems like, it seems like it's, it's the type of shit that's going to get me killed. <laughs> it's, it's that type of work. It seems like, um, you know, it, if it gets into the hands of the wrong people, it's going to be weaponized against me. You know, it seems like I'm uh, getting a little too close to God with this one. Because I've been close to God before. And every time I get close, there's a motherfucker there to put a knife in my back and just bring me down. haven't gotten a copy, get a copy, you know, reach out, it's available on uh, Amazon, Kindle, and Google Books, you know, those are the e-copies, but, um, you know, if you get one of those, I'll send you a real, I haven't opened, I haven't reopened my store yet, but, um, just wanted to inform you guys on that, you know, the hard copies always better, but, yeah, that's that. You know, sometimes I, I look around the world and I, I take a, a good look at humanity, right? And I, I look at the, the overall vastness and uh, the development of humanity. I like to look at um, accents, you know, how accents, how one language may start in a, one particular place, branch out and develop a... Um, a whole slew of accents and I like looking at diversity and um, some of the stuff you know on this planet baffles me man. and I'm gonna give you a story There's, there was a show on HBO called Lovecraft Country and it was a good show and it was about um, African American slavery their plight Jim Crow laws and magic, right? And how <laughs> magic was uh, stolen from black people and by white people and used to keep them in bondage, right? It's just, it's a fantasy type of show, right? But um, 
the acting is impeccable and the storyline is really good. And in one of the episodes, one of the guys, he goes off into another dimension and he has to awake like a deity, right? And this thing has, um, it, it arises from bones and then from bones it starts to manifest the body and then the body is it looks like a chick and you know she's a pretty chick she's got tits but along with having tits she's also got a penis and balls and you're like what the fuck like you know the writing on this show is impeccable like i love science fiction right but it reminded me of something i learned um a while back while following biology, right? And there's a group of people on this planet and they're in two separate places at the moment, but their physiology follows a really interesting pattern, right? The two places these people live are in, I think, Papua New Guinea and in the Dominican Republic. Right there, you're looking at two groups who are um, isolated and were the indigenous people of this area, right? But within these two groups, something really interesting happens. And what happens is that the men in these two groups, it's not everybody everywhere in the country, it's like a small, genetic sample, but the men in these groups are born without penises and without testicles. So they go throughout their formative years with vaginas, right? They have vaginas until they hit puberty. And around puberty, they start to develop um, their male sex organs. Prior to puberty, these young boys, I guess they are, are really non-distinct from their female counterparts. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, right? And these people, or um, what they're referred to, are as um, Gueve Doses. That's uh, Gueve Doses. Breaking that down further, that's practically Huevo, huevo is huevo. Huevo is like my balls, right? So, huevo uh, doses, and that goes balls at 12. <laughs> That's how that translates. That's how that breaks down. So, uh, balls at 12. And while this is crazy news, you know, while this is uh, extraordinary news, Make sure we're all looking into things that are extraordinary. Make sure we're all looking into the fantastical, you know, the, the post-human, you know, and um, the foundations for the human experience. You know, we can't be stagnant with our approach on uh, how we look at people, how we look at all things, if we only look at them in the light, we're looking at humanity now, because if we did that, it wouldn't be 
um, impressive. It'd be just a a slew of women in pink yoga pants doing dances <laughs> for uh, likes on a digital device. That's what humanity is looking like right now. So, you know, make sure we're trying to get the full lens, the full scope of everything. Make sure we're digging into all these other religions. Make sure we're sampling other languages, you know? Even if we, we just pick up the curse words, right? We have to obtain as much as we can. And we have to do this, and we have to make these practices more widespread. So when someone finally gets a glimpse of one of the many manifestations of God, they don't react with fear and try to kill you for being too close to that manifestation of God, one which they couldn't fully see in the first place. That makes any sense. So, uh, this is your host, John Kyle Law, signing off with the Dark Matter Myth Podcast. You can check out my audio works on all music platforms. You can buy the uh, EP Trapped on Apple and Amazon. And you can buy my digital books on. Uh, Kindle and Google Play but uh, once again I want to thank you for listening whoever you are and tell you peace and much love